Welcome back to the podcast on Binding the Bible. This is episode 105, Revelation, Jesus's Government. And today, as many of you know, it is Christmas Eve. And what I've decided to do for the podcast this week is to insert a sermon that I preached last Christmas Eve at our church, possibly the shortest sermon that I have ever preached in my entire life. It is just over eight minutes long, but it ties together several of the themes that we've been looking at throughout the podcast, which I'm sure by this point is no surprise to any of you. But I did think that considering the 24th of December 2020, when political matters are still very much in people's minds and stolen elections so-called or fraud or questioning the role that the government um, can, whether or not the government can be counted on and, and what the Christian involvement is in that, I do think at this time of the year, when we are reminded of passages from Isaiah chapter 9 and Luke chapter 2, which definitely have political overtones, particularly as they explain the coming of the Messiah and then the birth of Jesus himself in Luke chapter 2. None of these stories and narratives are ever given to us separate from their political implications. And yet again, it's very discouraging to me the number of Christians who ought to know this, but who find themselves getting sucked right into the way the governments operate within kingdoms of this world. And so the sermon that I'm going to present to you on this episode, while short, I think is packed with some meaning. I do, in fact, talk about President Trump, jump onto Twitter and some of his interactions that take place there, and then try to separate for us the differences between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world. And what Isaiah was getting at when he spoke about of the increase of his government, there shall be peace. Um, across the land and just exactly what Isaiah may have meant by that. And so I offer to you this sermon as an encouragement. Um, Christmas Eve happens to fall on a Thursday this year, so it's it's right in line with the time I would normally produce an episode. And so I thought I would simply give you one that I have done before, um, a sermon that I preached last year. So I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Be safe. I hope your time with family is, is sweet and refreshing and restful. And I do pray along with all of you that 2021 is of a different flavor in terms of our life here than 2020 has been. So I wish you all the best and offer to you the sermon, Jesus's Government. This past Thursday, Christianity Today's editor called for Trump's removal from office. First Things, another Christian publication, argued against Christianity Today's suggestion. So did James Dobson and Franklin Graham. Trump himself joined this discussion on Twitter Friday afternoon when he wrote, Christianity Today is looking for Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, or those of the socialist communist bent to guard their religion. How about Sleepy Joe? The fact is, no president has ever done what I have done for evangelicals or religion itself. In response, J.A. Metters tweeted, We don't need anyone to guard our religion, Mr. President. The risen Christ and his church have done great without you. 
The fastest growing church is in Iran. How? Because we have a government official that will reign forever, Christ the Lord. Sprinkled throughout all of these exchanges, I have noticed on social media, pastors, leaders, and churchgoers of all stripes adding their two cents to this discussion. It's a sticky situation, to say the least, one that frankly works against the peace the angels declared Jesus came to establish. Now, we might expect in the culture as a whole for there to be disagreements about political matters. But what makes things particularly messy is when Christians are the ones with some of the strongest opinions on the topic. So what do we do with all of this? How should Christians respond? And why on earth am I bringing all of this up on Christmas Eve of all times? Those are great questions. For starters, our Old Testament reading for this evening from Isaiah 9 speaks of the government being upon Jesus' shoulder. And try as we might, many people can't help but interpret what Isaiah must be speaking about through the lens of their own experience with government. For the publications and individuals I just cited, America's government then tends to take center stage in many Christians' understanding of the ways God might choose to bless the world. Therefore, I'm bringing this discussion up because we cannot understand what Isaiah does mean without first drawing a proper distinction between God's government and America's. And if we don't make this distinction, we may communicate that Isaiah's words apply to America's government when that is not at all what Isaiah intended. And this is where the difficulty lies. For you see, many people today seem to think that what God wants is for our government to rest on his shoulders. And by our, they typically mean the American government. But that is not what Isaiah 9 says is going to happen. It says, his government. Here's verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The Lord's promises of blessing and hope rest with the one who will sit on David's throne and establish the kingdom of God for all nations. Jesus himself told Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. In other words, the kingdom Jesus came to establish, the kingdom of God, is not a religious version of the kingdom of the world. It is not centered in any earthly or national form of government. It was not established by human governments, it is not upheld by them, and it does not advance through human governments either. The best earthly governments can do is restrain wickedness and preserve order. They do this through lawmaking and threatening consequences for those who break those laws. Earthly governments, or kingdoms of this world, to use Jesus' language, are governed by power over kingdom of the sword mindsets. Now this is a great thing to have. And we can be thankful to live in a place that restrains wickedness and preserves order better than many other places in the world. But it is still a far cry from the blessings Jesus came to bestow. 
The kingdom of God, however, God's rule or God's government, is not a kingdom of the sword. It does not exert its rule in a power over kind of way. It came into existence not through lawmaking and threatening consequences for non-compliance, but through Jesus self-sacrificially dying for his enemies. It's a kingdom of the cross, a power under serving of one's enemies in love. And it is a kingdom that is undeniably not of this world. It is this kingdom, the government established by the cross, that God promises will rest on his Messiah's shoulders. And what this means is that God's purposes in the world are no longer carried along by any one nation, Israel, Americas, or any other country. Rather, his purposes are carried out through Jesus and all those who find their identity in him, his church, and the Christians who make up his church. And so the fact remains, Christians will most likely continue to disagree over matters surrounding our government and the president's involvement in it. But what Christians must not do is trust the policies and actions of our nation to be the way God intends to bless the world. Of course, Christians disagree over political matters. But their disagreements aren't about God's reign in the earth. They are about how best to live in a kingdom of this world. God's means of blessing the world, the way he reigns on the earth, is through his son, Jesus Christ. The one whose blood has, according to Revelation 5, ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and has made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. It is through this child, this son, that the reign of God will be extended throughout the world. When the nations witness the self-sacrificial and compassionate love of the Son of God, who died to set them free. And it is because of Jesus' sacrifice that the angels can declare on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies with angelic host proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Amen. As always, I hope these podcast episodes are an encouragement to you, whether it is a look at a particular passage in a teaching episode or whether I've inserted a sermon. But either way, I, I hope that you find it encouraging. I do want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas once again. Unbinding the Bible will be taking a couple of weeks off. Just gives me an opportunity to catch my breath at the end of a long year. We have some new changes in our own life, in my own life, in ministry uh, coming up in 2021. And I'll share those with you on the podcast um, at some future point. But I wish you the best. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for leaving a comment or a rating or a review or both or emailing me or reaching out on social media. It's always great to interact with you. I wish you the best and we'll see you in the new year.